0: It's a new day. Yes, it is. Ooh, yes, indeed. It is a new day and a new season of Oski Talk. Welcome aboard. My name is Drew Pastorek. I've been writing for TCR for the past three-plus years. Excited to keep the podcast going. Taking over for Anthony Pasquale and Patrick Catazone. They did a great job the last couple years, but... uh, I'll try to keep it in, in good hands moving forward. Giving you the, the best and the uh, week that was fighting Illini Athletics. A lot to talk about on the, the new episode. First episode of the, the new athletic year, so to speak. Um, I was in Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Days. Got to hear a lot of good stuff from Brett Biedelma. And I, I believe I already have my favorite player for the 2022 season and beyond. So we'll get into all that too. And uh, first I'll take you around TCR, I'll let you know what's happening. Some of the big stories that are on our website, room.com here in the last week. And I'm going to start off with a Samari Collier, backup quarterback announcing he was leaving the program, transferring out. I just announced that I think on Thursday, Friday, somewhere around there. Um, but he will be departing the program, uh, probably a, a smart move for him to do. You know, at best, he was going to be the QB three on this depth chart, probably fourth, if we're being honest. Like we know Tommy DeVito and Art Sitkowski in some order are going to be one and two, and then probably Ryan Johnson, the Northern Michigan transfer, will be the third guy in line. He was the backup for Peters and Sitkowski when one or the other was injured, Or out of action. So that leaves Collier as probably the fourth option. And then you have Donovan Leary who would come in as a freshman from New Jersey. You know, we don't know where he's going to fit in. You know, a couple of walk-ons. I mean, he just wasn't part of the picture long-term. So probably best that he moves on. You know, always want those players, those student athletes to do what's best for them. And, you know, the coaching staff has that conversation with players all the time. And if they think there's a role for them. They'll try to keep them around. If they think they'd be better suited to go elsewhere, they usually tell them as such. So I have no doubt that, that Brett Bielema and his staff did the same with Samari Collier. Wishing the best of luck. He was a, a three star recruit, I believe. Uh, committed to Lovey in December of 2019. Did stick around through the coaching change. And was, I think, redshirted last year. Didn't play in any games, so probably redshirted. And uh, decided to leave for. Uh, a new school. I don't know if he can go to a new school and play right away now because we're so close to the season starting. Um, maybe he'll latch on and go somewhere else, but wishing the best of luck. Um, that story is up on thechampagneroom.com, one of the first stories you'll see when you when you check out the website. Also, uh, sticking with football assistant coach Ben Miller, he'll be remaining on medical leave through the 2022 season. Was hired by Brett Bielema as a special teams coordinator and tight ends coach. Uh, He was diagnosed with colon cancer in February of this past year, or this year rather, 2022. And had gone through some treatment, had gone through some rounds of chemo, had some surgery. uh, But they are uh, still keeping him away from the team for those medical reasons. He did issue a statement last week saying, in part, quote, Treatment is going as planned, and I'm fortunate to be receiving the very best treatment by world-class physicians, end quote. Obviously wish him nothing but good health moving forward. Uh, Brett Bielema did talk a little bit about Ben Miller's absence. Um, there was a, uh, a coaching change. There were some analysts that were brought in to kind of coach the coaches. Um, Brett Bielema did allude to that a little bit during Big Ten Media Days last week as well. But certainly wish Ben Miller all the best in his recovery from cancer. We know it's a it's a dreaded disease. It can be very hard to come back from. It sounds like he is on the road to recovery, but will not be with the team in a coaching capacity this season. And uh, also basketball. Now, some basketball news, pretty important basketball news. The men's basketball non-conference schedule did come out as well. 11 games. The dates, the locations, all announced uh, Thursday or Friday of this past week. No true road games. That's kind of an interesting quirk to the schedule. All the non-home games are neutral site games. You've got the tournament in Vegas with UCLA, Virginia, and Baylor. Illinois will play two of those three teams. Uh, You have the Jimmy V Classic against Texas. That's at Madison Square Garden. And of course, the Bragg and Rights game against Mizzou in St. Louis. So that is all broken down. You can see those dates, who they're playing, when they're playing them at thechampagneroom.com. It all tips off November 7th against Eastern Illinois. So the Panthers coming from Charleston to Champaign November 7th to tip off the 2022-2023 season. You can go to thechampagneroom.com for all the uh, details on the schedule and give your thoughts as well. And uh, one more basketball-related piece as well. Uh, Manjesh, one of our writers, uh, did pen a very interesting article about how excited we should be about Illinois basketball. We're still in the summer. We're not really close to basketball season yet, but there was a lot of changes in the off offseason. You know, there was a lot of tumult, a lot of chaos last offseason as well. This offseason certainly saw its uh, fair share of changes You know, no Kofi Coburn this year, no Trent Frazier, no DeMonte Williams. A lot of guys moving on and a lot of new faces brought in. Should be a very dynamic, very exciting team. Uh, So you can read uh, Manjesh's article there as well at thechampagneroom.com. I want to shift now to the the big news item, and that is Big Ten Media Days. That was in Indianapolis uh, this past week, Tuesday and Wednesday. They split it up into two... Seven team groups. Illinois was in that second group on Wednesday. Uh, I was able to be there and heard a lot from Brett Bielema. If you're not familiar with how it works, you know, they put a lot of this on BTN, but each coach will do a, a press conference for about 15 minutes. We'll field questions from reporters, you know, beat writers, etc., for that 15-minute time period. Then they kind of go off and do their own little Local media hits for a while, and they'll rotate in and out. They'll they'll be on Big Ten Network doing some some Q and A with with the BTN guys. You know Dave Rebson, Howard Griffith, Jerry DiNardo, etc. Uh, you also can bring some players with you. Each team was allotted four. Uh, the four representatives for Illinois were the Brown twins, Chase and Sydney, um, Quan Martin, defensive back, and Isaiah Williams the former QB turned stud wide receiver. So um, got a lot of interesting nuggets from, from Brett and from some of the players. So we're going to get into that here in just a moment. But man, it's hard to believe football season is less than four weeks away. Today is August 1st. We're 26 days away. 26 days away from week zero. The Wyoming Cowboys visiting Memorial Stadium to face the Illini August 27th. It feels like the season just ended. Like, I remember watching Georgia beat Alabama in the national title game, and it felt like it was a couple weeks ago. And it was like six months ago, seven months ago. Uh, so we are here. It's been a long off season. Uh, I don't think there was a lot that went on as far as on the field. Obviously, Tommy DeVito came in. He's going to compete for the starting QB job. Brett was, was kind of mum on that. He wouldn't give that away, nor would we expect him to. But your top wideout, your top running back, each returning. Uh, lost some guys on the O-line specifically. You know Kramer getting drafted, Vidarian Lowe getting drafted. You know, but uh, all three specialists are gone too. You know James McCourt at kicker, Blake Hayes at punter, Ethan Tabell at long snapper. And so there's a lot of key positions where Illinois is going to have to find some guys and find them pretty quickly. And again, that's something that Brett did allude to. Uh, there's going to be a lot of new players, a lot of guys that are starting for the very first time in that week zero game. He didn't give a lot of specific names. Uh, Henry Boyer was a name he threw out there. Uh, one of the tight ends that was signed for this year's class. At least on the offensive side, you know he could see quite a bit of playing time right away. Seems that they are quite fond of him. Brett Bielema did say, uh, in regards to this roster, that he probably knows the roster better than he ever has. And you know, now that's been about a year and a half since he took over the job. You know, it's hard to get to know every single player right away. You know, it takes a little bit of time to feel that out and to build those bonds. And sounds like he has now. He he's like he understands what they want and they understand what he wants and has just a better relationship overall with the team, which is always (laughs) something you want to hear your coach say. I don't think the coach would say the opposite. I don't think he'd say, you know, I don't like them. I hate them. I wish they'd go away. Um, but here's a little bit from Brett Bielema about the significance of entering camp this year, season number two, as opposed to last year.
1: I think this training camp, we just understand each other a lot better, right? Um, when I say something I know they hear me I know they want to understand it but I know they comprehend it now right they truly do know what you mean uh, and what you say uh and, and I've been very upfront like about routine so I laid our schedule out to them before they went home on break for that last week and we literally monopolized 11 hours of their day right um we're in the building at six thirty to 1 we got a 1 to 4 o'clock break uh 4 to five thirty, we have uh meetings they have a break from five thirty to 7 and then we have from 7 to 9 30 so we have them for basically 11 hours every day. If you tow, you know eight hours of sleep, uh, that's 19 hours. You throw an hour for lunch, an hour for dinner. You know you now you're at 21, 22 hours. That's literally like two hours every day that you got yourself. Well, if you really want to be a good football team, that's what good football players do, right? Um, uh, you concentrate on on fall camp, and then we'll go three weeks of that, and then we'll get into a week of game day preparation for Wyoming, and then then it's a uh, game on. And, and uh, I, I we one of the signs in our building walking out is to live your routine, right? To, to do the same thing kind of consistently every day so you get consistent results, and hopefully this is going to make them do that.
0: Again, that was Brett Bielema talking about the significance of camp entering year two. Hard to really argue with anything he said there. I mean, you've got to make those sacrifices. You've got to make that concerted effort to be dedicated, just like you would for any other craft, any other future job. You know, you want to put the work in and have that preparation. So it definitely makes a lot of sense there. Brett was also asked specifically a lot of questions about Isaiah Williams. He's kind of emerging as a leader on the offensive side of the ball and he is kind of the focal point of the offense as far as the receivers are concerned. You've still got Chase Brown and Josh McCray running it but as far as the receivers you know Isaiah Williams, a lot of folks are expecting him to take that leap in 2022 and here's what Brett said about his development and his emergence with the Illini.
1: Last year was last year, right? But I, I kind of put a challenge to him when we came back in January, let's take your game to a different level. You're smart, you're intelligent, you got savvy, you got understanding. Um, And that's when I think I began to see it come together uh, every day at 630 or whatever he's in there. Um, He comes in and catches 250 balls on a jug every day, right? Um, uh, Because he wanted to prove his hands. Um, You know, I told him, all those years you played a quarterback, you've learned the, 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 the other side that a wide receiver never sees, right? He doesn't understand coverage as well as you do. Doesn't understand looks, press, and all that stuff. So I really think he'll take a big jump. And then Sean Snyder uh, in the return game, he's always had dynamic returners and, and really excited about what he's going to bring in our punt return and kick return game.
0: To me, it's pretty fascinating when you go back and look at the numbers that Isaiah Williams produced. You know, as a guy who was a quarterback, he You know, this is sort of new territory for him. He started as a QB, struggled, and you know, kudos to to Brett and the coaching staff, and, and kudos to Isaiah as well for realizing that hey, I can unlock more of my potential as a receiver, I can do more damage, I can help my team better if we switch positions. You know, that was a really cool thing to see that emergence, that transformation. And also, he led Illinois in receptions with 47, led the team in yards with 525 in a Tony Peterson offense. I mean, the passing game was awful last year. And there's just, <laughs> I mean, you, there's no use trying to put lipstick on that pig. I mean, there's just, the offense from a passing perspective was dreadful and he was still able to to haul in 47 catches and and get 525 yards. So I I think in this new system, he is going to flourish and and certainly take that next level. Um, Going back to the offense, uh, Brett Bielema did uh, keep going. That conversation to continue in reference to uh, Barry Lunny, the new OC. Let's take a listen.
1: You know, I think uh, Barry's offense, if you watch UTSA, right, they they, they do spread the field very, very well from sideline to sideline. I think space is Isaiah's friend, right? Like he's very... Uh, a Very aware football player. He understands schemes. He understands routes and concepts, I think, because of a lot of his quarterback background. So, yeah, I, I know Barry's very excited. Um, I think all the receivers, Casey Washington, is, is beyond excited. Uh, you know, a year ago, the UTSA's offense had a receiver catch over 80 balls, another one caught 70 and 60. Like, uh, those are a lot of balls. And, and, you know, as a head coach likes to run the ball now and then, he had a 1,400 yard rusher, right? So, like, It's not like they were just playing seven on seven out there. So I I think Barry brings a balance that I'm very excited to have uh, enter our conference. Um, You know, obviously we only played the the conference teams we played last year, but just being in this league in the past and watching the teams we're gonna play this year and uh, watching the teams that we saw in action last year, this offense is not gonna be really like anybody else's. Uh, And I uh, I think Illinois is gonna be a unique offensive preparation.
0: And that was Brett Bielema at Big Ten Media Days last week in Indianapolis. I'm talking about some of the new elements to the offense under first-year OC Barry Lunny Jr. It sounds exciting, right? I mean, we have to see a play out on the field. We don't know. But he seems very excited. The players, you know, what receiver doesn't want to catch the ball, right? And you get more opportunities to catch the ball, the happier you're going to be. And, you know, the passing game is inherently more exciting. Now they've already got a solid run game in place with Chase Brown and Josh McCray as the top two backs. Now you just got to get the passing game going. You know Brett Bielema used that word balance, and you know balance is important. You can have a really great run game, but if they know you're going to run, if they know you can't throw, <laughs> it's hard to win. So. Definitely having that balance, some more creativity offensively, I think is really going to help Illinois. Now, does that mean they're going to go nine and, you know, nine and three and get to a bowl game, and you know, be in the Big Ten title game? I, I don't really think that's in the cards right now, but definitely something to look forward to. I think it's definitely going to be more exciting to watch, and that's kind of been one of my mantras, one of the things I believe in, is if you're going to be bad. Or if you're not going to be good, at least be entertaining to watch. My fellow Bears fans can identify with that. If you're going to be bad, at least be fun bad. At least have some, some players you can root for, some some big plays, some excitement. Um, you just want to watch, you know, a 13 to 10 game nine, 10 times uh, uh, in the fall. At least I don't. So I think Barry Lunny is really going to help in that regard. Another one of the major talking points, maybe the biggest talking point of Big Ten Media Days, was regarding name, image, and likeness. I don't even remember how many questions I heard people ask about NIL. <laughs> I lost count. It feels like for every question about you know a player or a scheme or an opponent, there was like ten about NIL and you know what it means for each program, you know, for the players, it just, it was a very predominant talking point last week in Indianapolis. I thought Brett Bealum gave a pretty good answer. So here's what coach said regarding NIL and his fighting line.
1: Without a doubt, it, it, it's a great thing, right? Um, the rules kind of change about midsummer that allowed us to get a little bit more involved. Really, I'd just been on information gathering. I had been available, you know, to be involved per se with, with deals, but the best thing about this um, you know really basketball was kind of ones that first took advantage of it. Obviously uh, uh, you know Kofi had you know the experience that he had to come back last year uh, but basketball players are seen every day their faces are open right. They they, they, they are much more recognizable there's le- lesser numbers of them right. Um, so football I think has been a little bit slower uh, just because of uh, obviously the big big names are going to get certain attention. My goal my dream is to have something that universally blesses all 85 of our players right. We have 85 scholarship players uh, something that helps you build a, a, a roster plan rather than try to individualize. And uh, whatever our guys can get, I'm happy for them. We've got everything from, you know, uh, I think deals where they're working in the community and being reimbursed for their time uh, to I know we got a guy with a WWE degree uh, uh, endorsement, which is, I'm sure, pure entertainment for him and, and the people involved in that. I've, I've said this all along every player comes from a hometown. And there's no place in America they're going to be more popular than from their hometown. And I think that's the stuff that's really going to begin to evolve now uh, uh, is some of these kids. You know, we make a huge push to keep our in-state recruits here, right, in the state of Illinois. And one of my main selling points, I, I can't, by NCAA rules, talk about what can come, right, or dollars that can be promised, but what we can talk about is the experiences of our current roster. And uh, some of our current players are being rewarded very, very well for the, in their hometown communities that are proud of them.
0: Once again, that was Brett Bielema at Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis last week uh, talking about uh, some NIL stuff and the opportunities his players have been provided, what he's tried to encourage his players to do. And I, I 100% agree about the the hometown piece. You know, you're always going to have that, that favorite son kind of thing. Uh, those communities are always going to be more willing to... Embrace and reward those individuals. So I think that's that's spot on. I got to get Luke Ford on the podcast. Uh, the WWE thing that was in reference to Luke Ford. Um, he has an NIL arrangement with World Wrestling Entertainment. I got to get Luke on the pod. I'm hoping that he's going to have some huge game, like a 10 catch, hundred yard game, and I can use that as an excuse to get him on the show when I really want to talk about WWE. <laughs> I don't even care how much money he's making. I just want to know what that's like, because that sounds like an amazing opportunity for a high-level athlete to do. Um, so, again, good stuff there from from Coach Bielema about NIL and you know, opportunities that the Illini have been presented. It's a brave new world. It's certainly a new landscape, and I think he's got the right approach and he and his coaching staff saying, look, it's, it's a good thing. Players should be getting a slice of the pie. How much they get over time is still to be determined. There's still a lot to learn, a lot to tweak regarding the name, image, and likeness situation. But I know a lot of fans have been clamoring for that. Certainly players have been clamoring for it. And a lot of coaches are on board with it too. So I think that's uh, that's definitely a good thing moving forward. You want that positive energy when it comes to NIL opportunities and, and helping these players. Because a lot of them aren't going to be pro-athletes. So you want to help them, you know, take advantage of their exploits and make money off their name, image, and likeness while they have the opportunity to do so in college before they enter, you know, the professional world. I think it's a great thing. Just as kind of an aside, I mentioned, you know, my thoughts on NIL. I think it's vital. I think it's super important. It's long overdue for for themselves, for recruiting, you know, for the greater good. I think it's all worthwhile. But some of the questions that I heard at Big Ten Media Days about NIL were just kind of head scratchers to me and I don't know why Brett Bielema would have answered them like there was a question about an article in which Ryan Day, the Ohio State coach, talked about keeping his roster intact and something like it was going to cost $13 million in NIL money and the way the question was phrased it was that statement but then do you care to comment on that? Like, they were trying to do the Texas A&M Alabama thing, the Jimbo Fisher-Nick Saban thing. It's, that's what it sounded like. They were trying to start a beef that didn't need to be started. And I was like, why the hell would Brett Bielema answer that question to begin with? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's probably true. You know, Ohio State's a higher-profile program than Illinois, certainly. And other than maybe Michigan or Penn State. No one else is even going to come close to to matching those type of opportunities, that kind of money. But even if Brett Bielma did comment on it, what's he going to say? Ryan Day is going to run his program the way he needs to run it, as long as it's by the book and it's not violating any rules. Who cares? Like it doesn't. It didn't need to be asked, and I don't know why it was asked to someone other than Ryan Day. We're wasting oxygen asking Brett Bielema a question about Ohio State. He already had to answer 95 questions about him coming back to Wisconsin, which I'm not even going to deal with until October when that game happens. Man, this NIL thing. It's it's a brave new world. There's going to be new detail coming all the time. People are going to have new things. We're going to find out new stuff all the time, and the parameters are going to change. But... Illinois is going to worry about Illinois. Brett Bielema is going to worry about Illinois. He doesn't give a damn what Ryan Day does at Ohio State. Those are two completely different universes when it comes to college football. I don't think they should aspire to be Ohio State in the first place. They should aspire to be like a Wisconsin or an Iowa with the way they develop the program and and their players. Uh, It's not going to be Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State. I don't know why that would come up in a conversation with Brett Bielema. But anyway, um, I'm glad that actual games are going to be starting soon so we can no longer need to talk about this. Uh, it, it's just something to fill time, to fill airspace, to generate clicks. Because between this and the USC-UCLA stuff and the Pac-12 and the realignment no one's going to give a damn about this once the games actually start. There's going to be plenty of other things to devote our time and attention to. So 26 days, Wyoming, Illinois, Memorial Stadium. I just want the games to start so we can talk about plays and players and can you believe he went forward on fourth and five? Can you believe he punted the ball on the 35? You know, those kind of things that we all love to talk about as fans. <laughs> Ready for the actual action on the field. To start taking place. Uh, that is a, a segue to our final piece of the show today. That is the Illini of the Week. Uh, since there's no actual activities, no actual games happening right now, I'm going to focus on one of the, the players that Brett Bielema brought to Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Days, and that is Isaiah Williams. You might know him as I Will or One. His nickname is One. He wears number one. And he's going to be the number one receiver for the Fighting Illini coming up here this season. I got to to sit and, you know, I talked to him a little bit, but just got to listen to him for probably 20, 25, 30 minutes in Indianapolis. And really a a remarkable young man. I I sound like I'm 80 years old saying that, but really a, a great story. Comes in as a QB, doesn't work out. You know, a lot of kids would say, I'm over it. You know, this ain't it. I got to go find another place to play. I got to find someone who, you know, a place that wants me. You know, I, I view myself as, you know, player A. They view me as player B. You know, the the vibe I got from, from Isaiah Williams is that was never really an issue. He did a lot of internal reflecting and... That's not something you get from a lot of you know, 20, 21-year-old kids. You don't get that self-reflection very often. It's a very selfish, you know me, me, me kind of thing. And he's very team-oriented. He's developing as a leader on the field, off the field as well. And just a really cool experience for me to, to listen to him and his journey coming from St. Louis, developing that rapport and that relationship with Corey Patterson, who helped bring him to Illinois when Lovey Smith was the head coach, and you know, talking about the transition from QB to wide receiver, what the St. Louis community meant to him, still means to him, and you know, that journey, that self-reflection, that perspective that he brought leading into this season, and the expectations that he has set forth, not just for himself but for the team. So um, you can read more about that at thechampagneroom.com. It sort of just organically happened. I was just gonna pull some quotes, and as I listened back, you know, more and more times, I was like, "This this should be its own thing." Um, I, I think you'll enjoy it if you give it a read, and if you weren't already a fan of Isaiah's, you're gonna root for him even more when you read the story. So, you know, check that out at, at thechampainroom.com, and he is our Illini of the week for the brand new episode, the season premiere, so to speak of Oski Talk. Thank you so much for listening. You can download and subscribe. Um, New episodes dropping every Monday, at least during football season, unless there's any breaking news that occurs. We'll be doing these every week throughout the football season, and maybe some more once basketball season ramps up, and there'll be more to talk about day by day by day. do appreciate you listening. Again, you can download and subscribe, and uh, find out more. Uh, Check us out at thechampagneroom.com. Follow us on the socials, subscribe to our uh, social media channels as well. My name is Drew Pastorek. Until next time, ILL.